So let's say you give an activity the meaning that it could lead to freedom. In a sense, the mind uses that to bond. Yeah? The more meaning of freedom it gives, the more apt you'll be bonded by it. Yeah? You won't be bonded by it, by the idea of a you that's bonded. It's really weird that you would, a lot of times, a very, very strong form of quote-unquote being in self is when there's the activity of trying to get out of self. Yeah? So when you're think you're when there's a belief you're getting out of self, that's actually truly being in self. Yes? By you're moving away from it, that's how it has you. Yeah? By you, in a sense, trying to make it unreal is what gives it reality. Yeah. There's no need to kill an ego because there isn't one. That's the point. You don't need to destroy anything that hasn't actually existed. It's just a recognition that the center of a mental system of thought and interpretation called self-centeredness is an idea of being a, and it's a feeling, it's like a, a thought, a very old thought that's been repeated many, many times and, imp- and implied many, many times, wrapped with a feeling. So there's that sense of being a self, a long-lasting, independent, separate entity. And the sense of being a self has a sense that you're prior to something happening. In other words, you are there before anything happens to me today. Yeah? So when there's an experience, there's a sense of I was prior to the experience. Yeah? That's a sense that's produced by a mental process. That's not true. Yeah? There's a mental process that produces, through a thing I call selfing, the sense of being a self. Yeah? And so in recovery, they would say that the root of the problem is obsession with self. I don't believe that's the case. I believe it's identification as a self. And then the mind that's identified as a self reinforces that by obsessing over it. For something to appear real, if you ever watch a helicopter when it's really the blades moving really fast, it gets to a point where it looks like it's not moving at all. It looks like a one solid rod, yeah? It's almost like an optical illusion. So it's moving so fast, it doesn't mean it looks like it's just one thing and not moving at all. That's sort of what selfing is. Selfing is like a verb of mind going, 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 and it produces an optical illusion to the mind, and the mind takes itself to be that solid, long-lasting, independent, separate thing. Yeah? So its sense of no-thingness is given up or co-opted by becoming identified as a thing. And now, like St. Francis says, what's looking is what you're looking for. It's incredible. You can read like 800 pages of scriptures, but he just succinctly put it in just one sentence. What's looking is what you are looking for. The, 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 The problem is, is the you that's looking for, yeah, is an interpretation of what's looking. Yeah? So what's looking, let's say, is no thing. It's not a body. Yeah? It's not a thing. So I, would, I, I like to use the word seeing better than looking. So what's seeing is what you are looking for. So what's seeing is exactly what's happening when you are looking for. Seeing being interpreted by a mental process is called you looking for or you looking at, or you not looking at, yes? So the seeing gets hijacked, or taken over, or interpreted over, and so while what's seeing is exactly what's going on when you are looking for, 
it's very difficult for you to see it. Yeah? Because there's the you that's looking for it. It, there, it is... It sounds like there's a noun that's looking for it, yeah? But that's a verb of mine. A feeling of being a you looking for. It's a verb going on. When the mind is... I suckers into that, right? Attends to it, is interested in that little idea... The verb, part of the verb, flaps up, and now it takes itself to be a noun. Yeah. So now it's you that's looking for. Yeah. But in a sense, all there is is seeing. Yeah. And part of what's happening in the seeing is this mental process called you looking for. Yeah. But the seeing is right at that moment where there's you looking for. Yeah. So he's truly saying the truth, in my view. He says, "What's looking is what you're looking for." Right now, what's looking is what you and you and you and me are looking for. But we can't, the way we look, we can't see it. Because we're looking from a thing to a thing. So we're looking for no thing as a thing. So while you're looking, no matter how much you look, no matter how much concentrated looking you get into, no matter how much relaxed looking you get into, it's a form of blindness, yes? Because it's an interpretation of the scene. So right while you're looking is the scene. But it can't be seen because it's no thing. It can't be heard, felt, tasted, or touched, or smelled, Yes? And so, therefore, a thing cannot see no thing. So this message is to question the sense of being that thing. If I'm not a thing, yes, then all the while, it seems to be me looking, there's the sense of seeing. The sense of what I'm looking for is present, not to a thing, not to a thing, but... In the recognitions of the absence of the thing, that's the presence of no thing. And your mind is seeing no thing at every moment. Your mind is seeing no thing. Not like an eye, but your mind is aware of no thing at every moment. While you're looking or while you're not looking, looking, that's what you're looking for, is the seeing of no thing. So, the seeing is an activity of no thing, and what it's seeing, in a sense, is no thing. Therefore, the seeing doesn't stop at an object, yes? It doesn't go, oh, I see you. No, there's just seeing, and then while there's seeing, there's seeing you, and not seeing you, and looking at this, and not that, yes? But all the while, there's the sense that all what's looking at any moment, at any time, is what I'm looking for, yeah? What's looking is what you and I are looking for. All that's needed, in a way, is to realize you're not that form of looking called a you looking for, which is a mental interpretation. You're the seeing that that interpretation is glossing over. So the mind's interpretation has placed itself to be prior to the seeing and made the seeing a verb, and it calls it I'm looking. So now... The subject of all subjects is hijacked and called me. Yeah? And now all the aspects of conscious contact are claimed to be a verb I'm doing. I'm seeing, I'm hearing, I'm feeling, I'm tasting, I'm touching. Yes? 
And even a subtle activity of the brain called thinking, you and I claim to be the one who's doing it. Yes, it's incredible. When you can't even take a shit when you want to. But you actually believe you're thinking these subtle, subtle things that you can't weigh, you can't see them. Yes? You can't accumulate them. It's a very, very subtle activity, yet you're placed in the position of the being the one who's doing it. Yeah? This is like the biggest form of playing God that you'll ever run into. And if you're in the program of AA, the whole, they say it, the whole how and why of the program is to quit playing God. Well, to me, this is a damn good demonstration of playing God, because let's say if you want to call God the consciousness in contact here, in other words, consciousness is meeting things, for you to take yourself to be, right, the one who is conscious and who is seeing, feeling, tasting, touching is a huge move. Yeah? And it says, why do you have to give up playing God? Because it doesn't work. Voila. Your daily story defines that immediately. There's so much exquisite mental suffering being produced from a field called what's not happening. It's unbelievable. No, people do not need a problem. They make them up. Like it says in recovery, you realize the problems are your own making. Yeah? So the mind, the mental activity of selfing, has a moment called now, but that now isn't the now. Yeah? That now is a moment of time that's bookended with something called the past and the future. And what's actually happening in the now, these two ideas influence greatly. That's why people, a lot of people who did drugs, the last place they wanted to be was now. Yeah? Because that now wasn't the now, if you want to call it that. That now was a mental now with tons of past and future embedded in it, which scared the bejesus out of me. The last place I wanted to be was conscious here. <laughs> I did everything possible to be loaded. Yeah? Because this here was a mental here made up by a mental realm. Yes? All the while, it's amazing, the quote-unquote solution or immunity to that now was now. Every now of the mental making that I wanted to get out of so unbelievably, that there was the underlying now, which was the solution to all of that. It's a beautiful way the mind distracts you from exactly where its re relevance is seen to be totally irrelevant. This now, it's totally irrelevant in. In the mental now, it's totally relevant. That's all your mind's thinking about, is a you somewhere else at some other time. Yeah? Isn't it? When you think of you, what, is it, what does that you represent when your system of thought thinks of you? A body, doesn't it? When you go back into the past and think about you, let's say a week ago, how are you pictured by that thought system? Are you pictured as a spirit? Or are you pictured as a body? And let's say you're worrying about what's going to happen to you next week. What, what does that you represent? How does your thought system take you to be? As a body, yes? So the whole thought system that seems to be playing all day, like K-Paul, is broadcasting constantly the assumed fact that you're a body. Yes? <laughs> Which I would say is a thing. Yeah? So there's no thing, which is always available at all times. I would say that's what we are. And then there's a thing, yeah? and now that thing 
in being so consumed, when the mind gets consumed in this thingness, it forgets the no-thingness of its nature. So when it's looking, it's looking from a thing for a thing. And you don't want to believe it? People's idea of enlightenment is a thing. It's a concept. Yes? People's idea of awakening is a concept. People's idea of the void is a concept. Those are things. Those are mental things. Yes? So a thing begets more things. And this thing takes itself to be, it takes itself to be doing no thingness. I'm the one who's seeing. I'm the one who's feeling. I'm the one. This is the real presence. This is what verifies I'm here. The body. <laughs> what would a body do? Doesn't a body set direction for everything else? If you place yourself in life is happening, and you place yourself there like a flag, as this is where I am, doesn't now life is seen as life is happening to you? Life is happening, like a giant verb, yes? But if you place yourself as a body, somewhere at some time, now life is seen to be happening to you, yeah? That is a massive interpretation. That's like pulling a giant raging river all to you, yeah? Like a vacuum. This life's happening. Oh, wait a minute. To me. Oh, it's unbelievable. That's why we're so freaking exhausted. To be the center of the universe <laughs> is very, very trying. It's a lot of work. That's why the mind's exhausted. Yeah. So here, this is simply, if I'm not this, if I'm not this, I'm not saying there's anything right or wrong with it. I just want to see, am I that? Am I, am I the one who's seeing? Am I the one who's hearing? I had a very strong experience when I was young with my Uncle Fred, yeah? A lot of people have heard this a lot, but it was pretty, it went right to the point. And I was nine years old, and my Uncle Fred, I had a fondness for him. He used to give me money at relatives' parties and everything like that. And he passed away. And so my mother took me to the funeral. And it was an open casket, so... I walk, he says, hey, let's say goodbye to Uncle Fred, you know. So I walked by and I looked at Uncle Fred. And I had a very strong hint, that ain't Uncle Fred, you know. The body was there, but there was something that wasn't there seemingly anymore, yeah. And in a sense, I realized later, the reason why I saw Uncle Fred as a body, because I was seeing from me being a body, yeah. So I just assumed, that if I'm this, you're that. But when I saw, let's say, that light principle had vacated the body, when that no-thingness, in a sense, was not animating the body, it was obvious Uncle Fred was not that body. So this is just an invitation. It's a simple message. It's not like 50 pages long. Yeah? You don't have, it's not like beating a dead horse. There's nothing really you need to do. If you have a lifestyle that works for you, this is something you can entertain in while you're living that lifestyle. Yeah? And a lot of people here in recovery, we already have a beautiful way to live life when it comes to functioning. We know how to live. It's based on some sound principles. This is about a way of illuminating that light. Yeah? Just not, not correcting it, but just illuminating it. Yeah? By entertaining, I may not possibly be that... Yes? You'll see that the center of the system that seems to be running your life 
starts dropping out. And when the center of the system drops out, its ability to affect drops. So uh, there's a huge difference when you hold a thought as a thought than as my thought. A huge difference when you hold a feeling as a feeling instead of my feeling. A huge difference than when you hold an action as an action instead of your action. Yes. Huge difference. Huge, huge difference. If it's if you wanted to sort of weigh your day, you could say either you're going to be traveling heavy or light, yeah? If you wanted to weigh your day. Let's say if your thoughts in this example weighed an ounce. So you had a thousand thoughts a day, let's say. And so you've been traveling pretty easy. For, you're so used to traveling with a thousand ounces, it doesn't seem to even be noticed, yeah? You climb up, you go wherever, you don't really feel the effects of it, yeah? But let's now say, if you add up one little word in front of a thought, and it's called my thought, that adds a pound to that thought, yeah? A lot more meaning goes into my thought. Look at it. Look at the thing, money. And if you took that as, a, as something that could have an objective effect on people, then there would be a certain level when you had that, everyone would feel like, I have enough money, yeah? Yeah? But the thing is, it's never money, it's my money. And let's say in your little catacomb of conditioning, your idea of that is you're never going to have enough, yeah? So no matter how much money you have, if it's my money, it's never going to translate into enough. Yes? Because you and I give everything all the meaning it has. So money is given that meaning by mind through the MY. That's the act of being identified. As soon as your mind claims money as yours, or a body as yours, or a time as yours, then a lot, a lot of meanings that you may not be conscious of get shot into that topic. Yes? And now, that's what, it opens up like a piñata, and you feel like life has brought it to you, but it's actually a projection of mind. The mind has projected the meaning onto that, and now you are confronted with that thing, and you think it's inherently solid and real and has that meaning, because you're taking yourself to be a thing, and so you believe that's a solid thing, and then it opens up, and now that meaning imposes itself on you. Yeah? And you go, why can't I have a nicer meaning about money? And so you start studying books and taking fucking workshops and everything like that to get some relief, not from money, but from the mind. Yet, the tricky idea with this system is when you get relief, yeah, it will still be a feeling of it's you getting the relief. And that's another form of bondage. Yes? Because first of all, when the relief is claimed by you, that relief is temporary. It's time-based. It's not going to become a radical relief. It's going to be a relief followed with chaos and confusion, then maybe some relief again. And if you actually looked at the scan of it all, the, what you would call the negative aspects will outweigh the positive ones. Yes? Just like if you look at the dictionary. Look up the word self maybe one day. Look at the word self in the dictionary. There's a hyphen, and then there's about 80 attributes that are given to self. Like, some of it's nice, self-love, self-esteem. Others are like self-sabotage, self-destruction, <laughs> yeah? But if you wait, there's about 80 of them. And if you looked at them and separated what you would call good and bad, I think about 60 of them are bad, and maybe 20 of them are good. So, if that aspect of mind is interpreting your life, you can expect... Like a lot of heaviness with a little opportunities, a little experiences of lightness, only 
to produce more heaviness. Yeah. <laughs> and it will keep promising you, just like in recovery it says the main delusion is that if I could only manage better, it would get great. So you realize managing has sucked, but you still hold on to the hope that, oh, if I can just become a better manager, I know managing can work. Yeah, it's the biggest delusion of all. So this whole point was, I was in recovery. I was looking at it from that point of view of obsession with self. I was getting some relief, but it was always vigilance, and I had to do a lot of freaking practices to sort of keep it going. Yes. Then one time I heard this little message. And when I went back to the book, after I entertained this message, the word self had a whole different meaning. It just jumped out of the page. And I, the sense of it was, it's a foreign installment, yes? Or a parasite, like a mental parasite. But what all that mattered was, it wasn't me. And as soon as my mind entertained it isn't me, it could entertain being truly free from it. You cannot entertain being free from something you identify as. It's impossible. That's why people go to therapy and everything. They realize they've got to be with this the rest of their lives because they're identified as it, and they're just trying to make it a little better. Yeah? Paying tons of money to listen to stories it makes up all fucking day. <laughs> but once I saw selfing as something that isn't real, my mind immediately jumped to the next possibility. Hey, I can be free of this. Yeah? And as soon as I entertain that possibility, the idea of waiting to be okay, always put into time, oh, I will be okay. Don't bother my unokayness. I will be. Get, I'll get back to you when I feel better. I'll call you later tonight. I'll be okay. Don't worry. I'll be okay later. I will, will be okay. Now there's a sense of okayness. Yes? No willing to be okay. Not one moment put off. Not one moment put off. It's always available at all times with no requirement necessary. You do not have to prepare yourself for it. You don't have to purify yourself for it. All you have to do is realize you're not that, this idea of self, and then you're free from entertaining everything in time. Yes? And then you can entertain it in timelessness, which is it's prior to you. Prior this idea of being a you is an appearance in it. How could this thing stop and then travel back to whence it seemingly did never came from? <laughs> it's so beautiful because it's immediate. Yeah. If you believe the story, time gets injected into it. You're going to have to work things out. You're going to have to take some time. I'm going to have to meditate a long, long time before my head gets clear enough for me to receive this transmission. And if you look at it, then the idea of God is more based on you than God, isn't it? You're the one who's going to tell you if you're close to God. Does God tell you if you're close to Him? If He is, He'd be yelling right in your ear right now. <laughs> and this, I mean, not the mental now, the now. And that's what's actually happening. But most of us are playing God about the idea of God. Haven't you noticed? Right, I did something that my mind believes brings me closer to God, so you get a nice rush for a week or a day usually. You go like a month retreat, and you get one day of feeling really clear. Then you go back to job or your family, and then... It's like nothing ever happened. I used to sit 13 hours a day in Thailand in jungles, meditating. 
Fucking six hours walking, six hours sitting, or seven hours sitting. <laughs> I would do a lot of stuff with the hopes that I would have a spiritual realization, yeah. Then, I remember I did these sweats in Mount Shasta, and they brought the Native American Indian and people from, guys with flowing hair driving up in Harleys, coming from all around the country that have this sweat, you know? And I had no idea of a sweat, so they fucking almost died in them. <laughs> I got stuck in, I couldn't sit down, because there were so many people in it. I was holding on to the raft, it was like a subway, and I didn't realize heat rises. I was burning here, my inside, my ears, my nostrils, and I just couldn't wait to get out of that hell to jump into the stream. Yet, when they called the next thing, I was in there again. Yeah? This drive to get better, yes, was so fucking strong. Then somehow this occurs, I entertain this idea, my friends are in, they're all Americans, you know, white guys, but they want to be like Native Americans, so they got this Indian from Oklahoma, brought him up to Petaluma, north of here, and then built a little place, like a, what did they, whatever they call them, the sweat, the lodge, and uh, he said, hey, hey Paul, I want you to come and support me. I said, sure, bro, let's go. So uh, they had all this food outside and water. And they brought, they, we all went into the lodge, in the sweat lodge, and I'm sitting there, and then my head says, it's hot, and I got right up. <laughs> and I walked right out. And I could hear them moaning and crying inside. I'm drinking the Calistogas, it's a beautiful night, you know what I mean? It didn't take one second to realize. <laughs> That's the truth. That was the true progress, man. I just, this is hot by. You know what I mean? This whole idea of being a fucking martyr, of having to suffer to get some, what is that? It's all mind. Yeah? The possibility is a timeless solution. How the mind, the conditional mind, wants to put time in it, yes? And it's the best way to hide it. By taking time, we're better to hide timelessness but in time. Yeah? You can take the now and make it into a mental time, which is chock full of influences from the mental past and the mental future. And then exactly where you really truly want to be is inherently what you want to get out of. <laughs> I mean, it's a perfect hiding place. Yeah? So most people, they're trying to get into the now is actually trying to get out of the now they think they're in. Yeah? But if you see you're not that, then you drop into right here, right now. And I'll tell you, that's what transcendence is, is being here. Yeah? True transcendence is being here. Because how you transcend something that's not real is to be exactly here. Yeah? Exactly how it's appearing. Any way, any drive to get out of here is what gives it a reality. That's when you feel like you're in here and you want to get out. But when you actually stick really here, you have no desire to be liberated, none whatsoever. There's no, that's it. That's the transcendence. It's like, how do you get out of an imaginary problem? You realize it's imaginary. If you keep applying solutions to it, that solution produces the reality of the problem. Yeah. So it's so beautiful. All right, fuck. Stop fighting everyone and anything. Like it says in our program, anyone and anything, not just alcohol. Anyone or anything. You'll be placed in a position of neutrality with no thought or effort on your part. So the whole idea of being the doer and the haver is dismissed on certain levels, yeah? That, that game isn't played anymore. 
This is about being placed in a position. You do not place yourself. You're placed in a position of neutrality. Without any thought or effort on your part, the problem doesn't exist for you anymore. That's an incredible solution. If you had a problem seemingly in time, like I had, and now falls with addiction, for it not to appear to exist anymore is an incredible miracle. Now, how does that stabilize? When it doesn't exist as you. When it doesn't exist as you, it will not exist for you. Yeah? I mean, radically not exist for you. Not come and go. Not like, oh, I surrendered, then I took it back. All this baloney. I surrendered my will. I took it back. This is baloney. It's like a tug of war with no one. I surrendered. You know, there's no one on the other side. It's just mind playing. The idea of surrendering is surrender. Surrender. Yes. You're convinced. You believe with certainty. AA presented certain principles about the seeming activity of the problem and the solution to it. And when the mind gets convinced of that, it's a done deal. Yes? To be convinced is to believe with certainty. It's not a knowing in the head. Because the knowing up here is binary. It's dualistic. So it can be thoroughly convinced and then one minute later it's unconvinced. To rely on this is totally unreliable. So really, it's drive to know Yes, is what neuters life. The whole state of Zen would be, I don't know. That's like the highest form of mind. Because what happens when you don't know, you find out. And when you find out something, it's much more, it's much stronger, and it has more substance than knowing something. I'm serious. When you find out, it's so much more substantial than knowing. Yeah? Because this knowing, when you need it, need to know it the most, it usually vacates, doesn't it? Have you ever realized that? You have all this knowledge about, let's say, how to behave in relationship, but as soon as the, the shit hits the fan, it's all out the window. I mean, you've got to get, look, where's that book? Oh, let's see, page 45, okay. Don't act out, don't act out. Fuck you, don't act out. <laughs> about realizing something. Mind is beautiful. Its incredible ability to entertain is being stifled now because it's entertaining its a self. And so now, every moment it entertains anything else, it entertains through the definition of what self would see it as a possibility, which is always time-based. You can never be totally okay now. It's always going to be an urban renewal project, always working Making it better. Fuck. Much more quicker than this. Yeah. It's like a form of seeing, like right now. I'm seeing nothing. You could say that. Yeah. That's the feeling of entertaining it. I'm looking, but I'm seeing, I'm seeing in a sense like a presence of nothing while there's looking going on. Like when I'm looking at this wall and this space in this room. There's a feeling of seeing nothing. I, I'd say it that way, yeah. So the form is looking, but what there's a presence of seeing nothing while there's looking in the space in this room. Yeah. And so if seeing and nothing are at all times, then no matter what time you're looking, that same seeing of nothing is going on. 
So while there seems to be a you looking at something, prior to that, in the timeless state, there's a seeing of nothing. That's freaking cool, eh? Every day, all the mind's doing is entertaining nothing. Really. Then there's a mental process happening that's seeing something. Yeah? And so when you're here, you believe that if I get enough something, yeah, if I just acquire enough something, it'll make something. But hasn't it happened that with all your somethings, they really turn out to nothing? Yeah? Why not start at nothing? Why have to go through all the somethings? Go right to the nothing. That's what the somethings turn into anyway. Why not go from whence they came? Nothing. So there's a mental interpretation of a you looking, all the while there's no thing seen. You get, and that's the sense of presence. What is that presence? The presence of no thing seeing. Yeah? Or seeing no thing. That's the presence. While there's you and me looking for things. Yeah? How could we not look for things? We take ourselves to be a thing. So, you seem to be in self, and that's causing 
and the irritability, restlessness, and discontentment. Yes? So you're out on the lookout. And we had a lot of ideas, and finally we come in AA, and they give us new ideas. Hey, just go help someone else. Like a very novel idea in a self-centered mind. Fuck that. I'm looking out for me. Yeah? So here you go. So, but you've been beaten and you're open to suggestions. So now you do service. Yeah. And what happens in service? This is what happened with me. I would sense something after or while I was in it, and it would sound like I felt bigger or larger, yeah? more spacious, something lighter. Yeah? I'd feel that. And it would be a pretty much a, a basic feeling that would be produced by doing service. Yeah? So I would I'd call that availability. There's a sense when you're available to another that is pretty... It's like a, a juicy sense. The mind seemed to like it, yeah? And therefore, and then what I would call it, when people would start feeling that availability, they sense a presence, and we call it the presence of the higher power. So I'd be helping someone, and I could feel a presence that wasn't seemingly there when I wasn't helping them, yeah? So I feel the presence, okay? So what happens is, the, the uh, habit of mind is, I'm immediately thrust back into being the one who's in self, which sooner or later I'm going to have to get out of self again. So let's say I do service again. And then again it produces the sense, hey, I came out of the ass of self. I feel available and looking around. Yeah? And I feel a presence. What would happen if that one of those times when that presence is sensed, there would be a recognition I'm that? Yes. I'm not the idea of someone who needs to do service. I'm that. If I'm that, if I'm that presence then I'm always available. Because that's what presence is, isn't it? The presence is always available. The presence. <laughs> because that's the only place we're at. I'd be always available. And if I'm always available, I am of service, aren't I? I am of service. Now, the form of having to do formal service is fine, but now you don't have to do formal service because you're in the mental state of being available because you recognize the presence and you're of service. Yeah? Even against the story your mind may be running, you're still of service. That's incredible. Yeah? What would be seen as something I have to do to get, with only to lose it again, to have to do it to get it, only to lose it again, do it and get it, yes? There's one modality of doing and having, getting an experience, having it wash off me through time, having to do it again, getting another experience. Suddenly, there's a whole leap out of that system into another system, which is, I am that which I'm seeking as an experience. I am that. Yeah. Being that, then the mind takes certain qualities of its nature, which is its present, and present means it's available. Obviously, if you were at school, they would say, who's present here? And you'd say, Chris. And now, okay, Chris is available. Yeah. Yeah. Do you see the difference in that? One is like slow time, almost like a form of slavery. Yeah. You go back, always start feeling irritable, restless, discontent, do some service, get a little relief, feel the pre then you, the presence you feel, you call it a higher power, a thing. <laughs> yeah, which makes it going to be very infrequent in a way, and yet then you back into the imperative, the the rut, the groove of identification itself, which is going to produce another level of mental suffering, which is probably going to provoke a need to get out of it, and maybe if you're in recovery, they'll lead you to service. If you're not, you'll get another drink, or you'll just do a shot, or you'll fuck your 
God, you've got to produce something to distract yourself from this terrible moment called now, which is a mental now. It's not the now at all. It's a made-up now that's bookended with time. Yeah? How did you run? The door was open. How did you get in? <laughs> so, if you see that, yes? So there you are, seemingly in what you call you. Yes? A lot of disturbance gets seemingly produced or entertained. There's a need to get out. And so all your other ways of getting out have failed you miserably, so now you've adapted a new way to get out of it, which seems to work. You do service, and then you feel that availability, and you sense the presence, but what still is the imperative or the groove is to be a you. And so the presence becomes an experience you had. Yes? And an experience is of time. And it ends. Yeah? But what would occur if that time you sense the presence, you would see, hey, I am that. Yeah? I didn't even do that, but there's just a sense. Wow. And then that immediately makes you always available. Always. Always available. Always. No choice. No decision making. No yes, no, either or considerations, little price tags on my being available. No, basically always available and yeah, being of service. Fucking incredible. What a leap, yeah. On one level of looking, that would be called, you know, doing this trudging, getting out of self, doing this to get a little experience. Or on this level is the experience becomes the state, yeah? And then the state of being Paul becomes an experience. Yeah? They're put in their, their rightful place. The experience of the presence becomes the state. Yes? And then the state of being Paul becomes an experience. It's like a quantum leap into a traveling lighter. <laughs> because while we're constantly calling that everlasting state and experience to verify that we're the everlasting state. Yes? The consequences of that are an extreme amount or a possibility of incredible suffering. Yeah? Because the mind, you notice, notice your head. What is it that you want most? Things you don't have. Yeah? Isn't that a beautiful way to set up a mental suffering? All right. If I have something I want, then what's the, there's no suffering produced. But let's say I give this thing, like this person is the source of all my happiness. And now I have no recourse of ever meeting her again. What's the mind going to do with that little tidbit? Yeah. It's going to produce exquisite suffering by her seemingly absence. Though it wasn't really entertaining or enjoying her presence whatsoever. But it really entertains and enjoys her absence. Yeah. <laughs> I had a guy in Australia. He used to see me there. and uh, He was with this beautiful lady and he was at the best benign neglect. You know, he really wasn't paying much attention to her. Finally, she got it in her to leave. And as soon as she leaved, he called me up and said... She's the source of my the source of all my happiness has just left, and he tried to take his own life that night. Yeah, 
yet he wasn't given her the time of day two days before. But suddenly, when she wasn't there, she was everything. But when she's here, <laughs> that's sort of what it's like. When nothingness is here, it's nothing. When it's there, it's really something. Oh, the experience of nothingness. I experienced my own absence. I was so out of self, I experienced my own absence. That's what selfing is constantly claiming, an experience of its own absence. What is this but an experience of its own absence? <laughs> the experience of its own absence is called its presence. Yeah? An experience of its absence is what's happening right now. But the mind calls it presence. Yeah? But really, all we are seemingly is an experience, aren't we? The mind is open like the big sky, pure, incredibly clear. Yes, it can it can allow everything and hold everything that moves through it or appears in it, and yet none of what appears in it or moves through it affects it. Yes, it's like like they say, its nature is reflective. It's like that mirror. Yes, but that mirror isn't just there to reflect things. The nothingness of that mirror is something. Yeah. That to me is your original face. Really. When you look in it and you see nothing, that's you've finally seen yourself. <laughs> when you're seeing nothing right this moment, that's actually seeing your true self in a way. Not a true self, but yeah. <laughs> because seeing nothing isn't looking into a thing. It's seeing nothing. It's awareness. Presence. Yeah, it's onness. That's seeing nothing. It's an activity. Yeah. So constantly, the activity of seeing nothing is going on here. <laughs> and in the seeing nothing, you can actually see the looking for something. Yeah. You can see the mental groove called looking for something, entertaining the seeing nothing. So even what, even in the seeing of what you think is driving you crazy is totally liberation. There's nothing to be liberated from, but that's the, that's liberation. That there's nothing to be liberated from. Yeah. It goes on undisturbed, seeing nothing. It's the it's the all. It's like the eternal verb. Just onness. you and I will never experience it. So if you're waiting to get it, get off of that bench at the bus stop and get on the bus. <laughs> the doors are wide open. Come on in. No, no, I'm, I'm longing for the truth. Get on the bus. No, no, don't, you don't understand. I've done all these practices. I'm still waiting for the beloved. Get on the bus. Get on the bus. <laughs> no, no. Give me a minute or two. A minute can be a whole lifetime. Yes. One one minute of delay is like like fifty years of delay. There's no difference. It's just different degrees. Yeah. 
Putting it off one second is like putting it off for 80 years. Same thing. Did I fulfill my quota? I spoke for an hour. Yes? Saying to stand up, and I'm thinking back to what time I had a concussion or something, I forget what, but I couldn't hear words out of what people were saying. All I would hear was the sound of yeah. the voice, but it wouldn't turn into words. Yeah. And then for that reason, since I couldn't make out what they were saying, I didn't get hooked by it, didn't get reacted. Is that anything like what you're saying to seeing nothing? Or is it totally different? Well, it's different, but that's a nice, like, uh, analogy for it. But it's not, yeah. Like, let's, you know, you're just here, you're just looking, entertaining. To me, that's seeing nothing. <laughs> it's almost as if, you know, the feeling is as if you're looking at a thing, yeah? You know, we all can understand that. Oh, I looked at this chair I really like, yeah? It's sort of like that feeling, but it's seeing nothing. how to put it. It's just something that's bit me the last few weeks. But it's a sense that gets closer to what I wanted to, how I'm feeling. Yeah. It's a seeing nothing. Yeah. It doesn't start or stop. It's just seeing nothing. Yeah. And therefore it's never ending because it never sees a thing. <laughs> so the attention or interest doesn't bounce off anything. It just goes becomes like a big field, so to speak, whatever. And so, to me, they call it in spiritual terms, like presence. Yeah? So you sense a presence, but to me, that's the effect of seeing nothing. Yeah? Seeing nothing is like, produ- not produces, but it's like, in seeing nothing, there's a presence in seeing nothing. Yeah? That's just like when you see a thing, the real sense of it is its absence of being anything. Yeah? It's absent of being a solid, real, separate meaning. Yeah? So in a sense, you're really seeing the absence when you're looking. You're always looking and seeing absence. So when, when, when they're seeing nothing, that's presence. is my absence. Yeah? When I'm absent as an inherent object, that's the presence. When I take myself to be an object, yes, I must throw presence into being a thing. So even if I'm introduced to nothing, I'll make it something. Yeah? I'll have to objectify it. 
because now I'm taking myself to be the subject, yeah? And this is a dualistic interpretive system here. So if I take myself to be the subject, everything is cast into being an object to me. So enlightenment is an object. It's a mental object. It's, I think I have an idea of what it is. That ain't it, yeah? So when I see this as an object, yes? So I, I see its absence of being the subject, yes? It's absent of being the subject. That's subjectivity. That's the presence, yeah? Yes? 
Your attention is going to the feelings. Your attention is going to the uncomfortability of the body. Things that can be easily held. And yet the space around it, it's almost as if the mind isn't attuned to seeing nothing. It's been conditioned to see something, which is a form of looking, yes? So that form of looking is blinding us to the fact of seeing nothing. But when that form of looking, I believe in a sense, if the sense of being the you is really what locks into that, that form of looking, yeah? The being the you that's looking is really the lock of it, not the looking for, but the you that's looking. When that is entertained not to be so, the mind has the possibility of shifting out of looking at things and then into seeing nothing. Yeah? It doesn't stop looking at things, but what's, what's added or uh, becomes emphasized is the seeing nothing. To me, that's the presence. Yeah? And that's what everyone here is looking for as a something. We're looking for it as a something, and the presence is of nothing. And yet, the seeing nothing is going on at all times. That's why it's not noted. It's sort of just like if when I was born, if someone put a hand on my shoulder, I wouldn't know it was there until it was removed. Because to me, it's always been there. Yeah, And only by its removal would I know, hey, that was a heavy hand, or just like gravity. So here, seeing nothing isn't an, an event or a happening or an experience. It's always so. Yeah? The looking at something is an event and a happening. Yeah? And our mind is attuned to seeing that way, which is a form of looking, and yet it has the total ability to see nothing. Yeah? And so I'm, I'm, my feeling is, the best I can do is to share about what I believe locks that system into the higher place it's taken, which is it being you, is the idea of being a long-lasting, independent, separate entity. If that can be questioned and held as not maybe so true, the whole system loosens up, and then the mind may just see nothing. And then when it sees nothing, the emphasis can shift into seeing nothing while looking for something. Yeah? And to me, that's traveling lighter. Now, is it a possibility? No, because it's not an event or happening, but it's, it's past the point of being a possibility. It's, a, it's assured of because it's timeless. So it can be entered at any time, at anywhere, because it's everywhere at all time, or nowhere at no time. Actually, it can't be exited from. <laughs> yeah, whatever. <laughs> exactly. You cannot exit from it. Freedom has no escape. That's right. So, but the mind's training is not to notice that, yeah? It's like, it's like if you saw a blackboard, what you would notice would be one little chalk mark on it. You wouldn't see the space of the blackboard. The mind is trained to see something, which is a form of looking, yeah? And the form of looking most of us have been under is called self-centeredness, which is all about thing, because it's taking no thing to be a thing, and therefore, it sees everything, every, it sees all of no thing as a thing. Millions of things, but it sees no thing as a thing. Because it's seeing from being a thing. Yeah. It's a form of blindness. But the ability to see is already so. It's just maybe entertaining the possibility, I'm not that. The mind comes out of that yogic posture of selfing and opens up, and that ability becomes obvious. Hey, all the while, all, ha- all that's been happening is seeing nothing. Yeah. 
In a sense, nothing ever happened. <laughs> and you can hold that in a lot of different ways. Nothing is only, that's the only thing that ever happened, is nothing. Yeah, and then nothing, nothing really happened. <laughs> it's a nice flavor, man. Just like a piece of cod. I remember that I used to be a cod salesman. I can't. I'm not competing against mackerel or salmon, you know. But I do like the kiosk in the fish market. I like the cod kiosk at least. You know, hey, try it, grill it, sushi it. You may like it. It's just cod. But it sounds like it has nothing to do with anything else. It's just cod. Entertain it. See if you like it. Yeah. Any more questions? Jesus, I hope not. That last one. No? We'll pass the basket, yeah. Does anyone have a hat today? No. No one has a hat. 